For the first time today, my name is Andrew, and we're so glad to welcome you to New Day Church and welcome you to our sermon series today. It's called Christ the King. We've been in it for a while, and we'll be in it for a while because we're studying all the way through the book of Matthew, and we're taking it one little section of scripture at a time. And so that's what we've been up to, and I hope that you'll enjoy today's message and that it will be powerful to you. Uh, Before we get into that, though, and get into the text today, I just want to share a little part of my personal morning routine with you. Most days when I arrive to work, at some point in the morning, what I do is I open up a web browser and I click on the local news or a few media websites. And I want to give you just a sample of the headlines that I saw just this past week. And maybe it was a couple of weeks ago when I was preparing the message. And so when I go to those news websites, they just at the top of my pages, they just kind of swipe through. And that's the headlines. You can kind of swipe through the main stories at the very top of the page. Let me just read you what came up literally one after the other when I was looking at this this past week. Here's the first one. U.S. Representative Sean Caston's 17-year-old daughter has died. Swipe. Virginia teacher charged with taking indecent liberties with child. Police think there may be more victims. Swipe. Stranger attacks New York City Parks Department worker who fights back with martial arts. Swipe. Moderna COVID vaccine may pose higher heart inflammation risk, CDC. Swipe. Coinbase is laying off 1,100 employees as Bitcoin prices continue to fall. Swipe. Roger Stone and Michael Flynn under fire over rallies that are distorting Christianity. Swipe. Fight at Colorado Springs swimming pool ends in shootout. Jeez. And just when you think you're safe and you're thinking, man, I'm just looking at the news inside my house. Should be safe inside my house, right? I shouldn't be too worried. Last article, swipe, house falls into river near Yellowstone National Park. (laughs) And I don't even feel safe in my own home. What a great way to start your day off, right? Bad news. And I want you to know, and you knew this, bad news is great clickbait. And clickbait will get you. And if you decide to bite on the clickbait, guess what happens? The bite comes with an aftertaste. And the aftertaste of the bite of clickbait is this word today. It's called worry. That's the aftertaste. What's worry? Let's define it today just to make sure we're on the same page together. It's in your notes. It should be on the screen. Worry. It's a state of anxiety and uncertainty over actual or potential problems. And honestly, it's more often than not over potential problems things that have not actually even occurred or may never occur in your life. Now today, even if you don't check the news like me, you walked in here today with a worry. And I just want you to think, don't say it out loud, but I want you to think right now, just in this moment, what are you worried about? You walked in here with a worry and you might say to me, Andrew, a worry? I walked in here with worries, bro. And and worry after worry after worry. Like I started to worry and then that led to another worry and then another worry, and then another worry. And the thing about worry is that the more we worry, the more worries get added to our already full worry list. And then we end up getting nowhere. We get nowhere. That's the bad news. But I'm glad you're in church today because we're in the good news business. The bad news is if you keep doing that, keep clicking on clickbait, you're just going to keep ending up worrying and you will get nowhere. But there's another option. And at church, we're in the good news business. And so I actually have some news from you, for you, from God's word. 
And I want to get into that today. In this Christ the King sermon series, we're going to discover a beautiful teaching on this topic of worry by none other than King Jesus himself. It's in Matthew chapter 6. So if you have your Bibles or you've got your notes, you want to get ready, this is the time to do it. It's Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. And the lesson is a teaching on the topic of worry. And we're going to start with verse 25. So I'm going to take them in three chunks. And the first one is just, this first chunk is just one verse, verse 25. And it's almost like a headline that Jesus gives us. A headline of the what people were worried about in the time he's preaching this message, the Sermon on the Mount, which we're still there with Jesus. And he's talking to his followers. So that's your first fill in the blank. It's the what. Verse 25 is the what we worry about. Take a look at verse 25 with me today. Here's what the Bible says. Here's what Jesus says on the Sermon on the Mount. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry. Don't do it. Do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. And he says this very interesting thing. Is not life more important than food? And is not the body more important than clothes? You're going to find today with me that the word worry shows up six times in this little section of scripture that we'll cover today. But Jesus wants you to know, and that's why that last little phrase there in 25 matters so much. He wants you to know that life is actually so much more than just your body, just the air that you breathe, just this physical material experience that you're, that's taking place for you on this earth. It's more than just the physical. Physical is a part of it, but there's also a mental. There's an emotional there's a spiritual component to life. And when Jesus talks about life, he's always talking about life to the fullest. Every component and compartment of what it means to truly be alive, that's what King Jesus is referring to. But you see what he's found in his people is that the what that they're focused on, the what that is the headline of their life, it always devolves one-dimensionally down to the physical. You see, you and I as human beings and as followers of Jesus, he knew this about us, that we were going to focus in on the physical, the material, what I can touch and feel and see and taste and smell. And the things that's going to become the main event to me as a human being is always going to be that thing in front of me, that very physical component of life, the earthy, touchy part of life. And Jesus knew this. Just like last week when we heard about money. Jesus knew what we did with money. It's this thing. It's this material possession. And we make it the main event. If you want to talk to me about life, talk to me about money. Because it's the most important thing. I've made it so much the key component of life and my life. Because it's so valuable to the things of this earth. And because that's the main attraction of our lives. We've made it the one important thing. So Jesus asks a very important question about the what of our worries. He's saying, if life, ultimate life, is all about the physical, then you've got great, great reason to worry. But Jesus says there's so much more. Life is about so much more than the list you've got of worries. I asked you to think about them on purpose, and I hope you do throughout the entire message, because if Jesus was standing here today, he would tell you right to your face, Life is so much more than that. That thing or those things that you walked into the door with today, I, I'm not saying they're not important. 
I'm not saying that they don't matter. I'm not even saying that they're not a part of life because they absolutely are. But you have made that the headline of life. You have made that the main event. You have made the physical, the material, the most important. It's not that they're not necessary, especially for the people that would have heard it at the time of Jesus saying it. Talk about food, water, clothing being essential to life. It was so essential, and they were so concerned that some season they just might not get access to it. And in our culture, we might say it's money is the equivalent. And we're so scared that if we don't have it, that all of these things that are essential for life, if I don't have money, I will die. But what Jesus is saying is that you've actually missed the mark. The creator of all the universe would say to you, that life is actually more than just the physical. In fact, you think your physical body is what provides life for you so that you have to feed it and you have to give it water because it's your physical life, your physical body that sustains your life. But let me tell you, Jesus would say, that you've got that wrong. It's God, the creator, that sustains your life. You're only here because of him. You've only been born he only knit you in your mother's womb because he said that would be so. We falsely believe because we're so focused on the physical and the main event that if we can't take care of our bodies, we won't sustain life because it's the body that does. And it's not that it's not important. And it's not that it's not part of God's design, but there's something that comes before it. And it's God himself, creator God the one who chose that you would be here experiencing the physical. You see, we miss the mark and we get it out of order. Jesus is ultimately saying you worry too much about these things because you forgot that there's so much more. There is so much more than just the physical aspect of life. It's an event. It's just not the main event. And you've made the event, the physical, the main event, and you've gotten it wrong. That's the what we're worried about. And if we're honest, it's actually usually very physical material focused. Here's the second thing. It's your next fill in the blank. Now Jesus is going to take us on the why. That's what you're worried about, but here's why you shouldn't be. He's going to give us some very convincing whys we shouldn't be, and then he's going to tell us why we still do worry, though. Take a look at verses 26 to 30, if you're still tracking with me. Here's what Jesus goes on to say. Again, imagine him on the hillside in Galilee. It's the Sermon on the Mount. He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And they ask this wonderful question. Are you not much more valuable than they? Aren't you more important than a bird? Verse 27, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, he takes the time for that, which is here today, and then tomorrow it's thrown in the fire for cooking. Will he not much more clothe you? Aren't you more important than a lily of the field that will be fuel for cooking? Oh, you of little faith. That's how he ends it. If you look closely, Jesus mentions the birds of the air. You can imagine birds flying by while he's on a mountaintop preaching. He's not in an auditorium like this. Birds fly by and it's an object lesson. He says, look at those birds. 
Take a look at those. What do they do? Do they look anxious to you? Do they look worried? God's providing their food. And you might push back and say, well, Jesus, I mean, look at the bird. They're kind of busy. They're working kind of hard, aren't they, Jesus? They're gathering up worms. They're gathering up whatever scraps that they can find. And it's not that the birds don't work. You got to keep this in mind all day today. It's not that the physical doesn't matter. And it's not that it's not important. It's just not the main event. And Jesus says to you and me, look at the birds they'll watch. Do they look super anxious about it? What the bird knows is that God's going to provide that worm every single day. He's going to provide that source. So yes, they do. And, and most birds don't gather in store. Some might. But the reality is that they're not anxious or worried about it. They're doing it out of instinct. And they're also showing up every single day knowing that the provision will be there. I will have what I need because God's in control. And then Jesus says, he's looking at the birds. And he looks back at people like you and like me. And he says aren't you more valuable than those birds? And the birds are all set. Here's what you need to remember today, and I hope you'll hear this. The bird is not created in the image of God. No bird was ever called a child of God. No bird was ever called an heir of God, a joint heir with Christ. Let me just tell you right now, no bird has a room prepared for them in heaven. Guess who those statements are about? You and me. More specifically, that's what the Bible says about followers of Christ. Those who have placed our faith in Jesus. You might think of it today as in placed our faith, our lives, into the very care of our heavenly Father. And Jesus would say to you, and he's saying it to me, how much more valuable are you than those birds? And I'm taking care of the birds. So I'm going to take care of you. And then he might look over at a different section on the hilltop of Galilee. He says, look at those lilies. And you might see this grass and these lilies of the field and the common type that would grow there. And it's just beautiful. They're ornamented. There's beauty to them. They're so fleeting. They're just like a vapor. But yet God has taken the time to dress them up and bring beauty to them. And everybody looking at the lilies knows that we will take those down as they dry out and we will put them in our ovens and we will cook with that. It will burn up. It's so fleeting, yet God took time to clothe the lily. And then he references Solomon. And to the Jewish audience, they would hear Solomon and they would think right away, we know that guy was dressed to the nines. We know Solomon was looking good. He was looking right. And if you take a look at 2 Chronicles chapter 9, there's this unique story where the queen of Sheba visits Solomon. And the Bible says that after seeing all of Solomon's glory, and the queen of Sheba, she was no slouch. But she sees Solomon and his glory, his officials, his servants, their clothing, his cupbearers, and their clothing. The Bible says this about her in verse 4. There was no more breath in her. If the queen of Sheba could text her friends, it would be like the dead emoji. It's like, you know, it's like the skull and bones, I'm dead, deceased. Solomon has knocked me out. She's like this. Oh, my word. The man is dressed. <laughs> and then Jesus says, guess what's true about Solomon? Dead emoji. He's truly dead. He's not here anymore. Even him and all of his splendor, he's gone. Those lilies over there that I'm pointing to, they're beautiful. God took the time with them. They're here today and they're gone tomorrow. 
how much more is he going to care for you right now in this moment? Because this is your vapor moment. Life's but a vapor, but you're right in the middle of it. I've got you here for a reason. You're the one hearing the message today. So how much more is God going to clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. You see, the why we shouldn't worry is because God has shown his care for all of creation. And yet you and I are his most important piece of creation. His most important creation is the human race. We're the most important. So that's why you shouldn't worry. He cares for all of it. How much more will he care for you and I, his very children? And then he says it in just the last little portion of that little snippet that I've shared with you so far. He says, oh, you of little faith. Here's the other why. Why do we still have worry? And Jesus says, it's because you don't have faith. It's kind of insulting. It's because, here's what Jesus is saying. It's because you don't believe in God. And it's so weird because we're in a church today, right? We're a bunch of Christians. We say, how would you say this to me? It can't, that can't be the source of my worry, Andrew, that I don't believe in God. I call myself a Christian, but yet Jesus would say to you, you don't actually believe in God. You know who you believe in? Yourself. You see, when you get so focused on the event that's not the main event called the physical and the material, here's what you're thinking. If you just hustle a little more, if you just pull yourself up by the bootstraps a little more, if your body can just maintain its health, because remember, you're thinking your body is the source of all life. So I can do it. I can figure it out. I can make this work. And in the very one-dimensional thinking that the human race can get into, we forget that this life, even this body, is sustained from our creator God. And we know it intrinsically because we know at some point, someone, you just get a terrible diagnosis and you didn't do anything. You just wake up and there's a problem with this physical body. And you did everything right. Yet we get so focused on it that we think it's the source of life. And in doing that, in our worry, in our anxiety, we prove that we don't really believe in God. We don't really believe he's the true source. That's the why. Why should you not be worried? You're so much more important to God than any of his creation, but you worry because you don't really believe in God. You believe in yourself, and you think it's all up to you. Yet you can't carry the weight of that because it's far too much for any human to carry. That's why we shouldn't worry, and that's why we do. And then finally, in verses 31 to 34, it's your next fill in the blank. Jesus is now going to show us the way. You say, I haven't felt the good news yet, Andrew. Can you deliver? Okay, we'll see. I can't, but I think Jesus can because he doesn't leave us in that reality because it is a reality for so many of us. But he, all, he always provides a way. And I love that so much about Jesus. And here's the way. Let's take a look. Verses 31 to 34. So do not worry. Here it is again. Six times it shows up saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Or the physical material components, verse 32, for the pagans, unbelievers, run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Verse 33, here's the way out. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then all these physical things will be given to you as well. All these material things you don't have to worry about. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Verse 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow is going to worry about itself. 
Each day has enough trouble of its own, especially in this physical material dimension. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and the rest will get taken care of. You see, the reason why we worry is because we lack faith. Jesus knows it, so he's going to tell you the way out. And it shouldn't shock you that Jesus says, you want to know the way out of worry? It's going to be a way of faith. And I know you want a to-do list. And I know you want a bunch of physical things you can do. And I know you want a solution to the food and to the water problem and to the clothing problem and to the money problem and to the economy problem. But Jesus says, I've got a better way. Because that's just one dimension of life. I'm going to open it up to the whole thing, to the mental, to the spiritual, to the emotional. I have the access to the Father who controls it all. And I'm going to tell you the way out of the worry is out of the one-dimensional focus you've been on. You've got to look up. The way is on my kingdom, God's kingdom, the reality that there is a God, there is a creator, there is more to life than just the physical part. And if you want to find a freedom from your anxiety and from your worry, it's to focus on the kingdom of God, his righteousness, not your own, and not just what you think you can pull off in your 70-ish years or so on earth. So Jesus is saying God's kingdom and God's sovereign rule is what he wants our focus on. And we are to seek that first. That bigger more should be the priority. People say, Andrew, what does that mean to seek God's kingdom first. In my studies, it really means this. It means to pour out your life to the things of God. And when I say life, I mean every part of it. Everything that life could mean. The physical, yes. The spiritual, yes. The mental, yes. The emotional, yes. All of it is God's. And I am a willing sacrifice and I pour it out to him. Here's another phrase that might help you. It means to be preoccupied with the things of God. But guess what most of us walk in, even on a Sunday, to church preoccupied with? Our worries. The cares of what? The cares of this life. This physical and material life. And Jesus says the way out is to pour it all out. Every part of life to God. In service, in love, in honor, in adoration, in complete preoccupation with him and the things above. That's the way of Jesus. And that's the way that will lead you somewhere. But too many of us have gone the way of worry instead. So let me show you a quote of where that way gets you. Take a look at the screen. Anybody heard this quote before? Worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it gets you nowhere. Think about last week's message. And it was about money and about the material world. And how many of you left that message last week if you heard it and you were thinking to yourself, man, I'm worried about my house. Interest rates are going up. If I lose my job, I might not be able to pay my mortgage. And you sit in the rocking chair of worry. Or maybe over time, because we got some stimulus checks, we bought some boats, some toys, jet skis, maybe some jewelry. And all this stuff we've accumulated over time, nice cars, motorcycles, and we think, how am I going to take care of this? 
How am I going to pay to insure it? How am I going to keep it from being destroyed by rust? Should I even have it? When am I going to have time to ride it? We're so focused on the material things. And now the economy isn't doing so hot. And so now you see gas prices. You think, I can't even drive that because I can't afford it. I didn't get the hybrid. I didn't get the electric. And I don't care about a $7,500 rebate. It's not going to help. And you're in the rocking chair of worry. And you're so concerned about it. How about parents? Any parents in the room? You ever care about your kids and worry about your kids? Are they going to the right school? Are they going to public school? Oh, no. But I've heard of bad things at private school. And homeschool's scary. What about homeschool? How do we do? What should I do? How, where should they go to school? What about their friends? Do they have the right friends? Are they on the right team? What if they're on the wrong team? They're not on the travel team. What's that going to do to them? Did I let them listen to enough baby Einstein? Are they going to be a genius? Or are they going to live in my basement? What's going to happen? Did I feed them too many chicken nuggets? I worry about this. <laughs> what kind of health issues have I you know, set them up for? And these are our children. And, and this is the things we worry about. And we're concerned about married couples. Are you worried about your spouse? God might say worry about you, <laughs> but we're worried about them. Is God going to reach them? Are they going to be everything I need them to be as my spouse? Are they going to be safe? Are they going to die like so-and-so's spouse did? Or is God going to keep them alive? And we worry about our relationships. You're not married. You're worried about, am I going to find a spouse? Am I ever going to find the right person? What if you feel called to singleness? Is that going to be weird to the people around you? How is God going to really use me if I'm called to singleness? And we worry about things. We worry about our health, our job, our calling. We worry about what's God going to do with my life? I didn't even bring up racism, politics, or God forbid, spiders. <laughs> Am I worried about spiders? I know some of you are. It's the greatest fear, it says on the internet when I searched it. Somebody in here is worried about spiders. You're going to be worried about the physical, the material, and guess what? You're going to get nowhere. I want you to know today, you've got an option. You can stay right there. You can stay right in the rocking chair of worry. It's an option you have today. But that's exactly what worry is. It's this. Gives you something to do. And you'll find a bunch of old guys at a coffee shop that'll do it with you. They'll be happy to do it. <laughs> but it's going to get you nowhere. So here's my challenge to you. If you want to get somewhere, if you'd rather get somewhere today, I want to give you three ways out of worry. It's not my ways, and it's not all the ways. It's not an exhaustive list, but I do believe that if you're here today and you have worry, I believe that you have at least one of these you don't have in your life actively right now. So if you're with me still and you're taking notes, here's three ways out of worry today. Number one is you'll find a way out of worry when you obey God's word. You'll find a way when you obey. Zig Ziglar said this. Actually, John, our creative arts pastor, gave me this. He heard me practicing the message this past week, and he, and he said, hey, I got this quote. You, you got you to hear this. Zig Ziglar said, I read the paper and the Bible every morning. That way I know what both sides are up to. <laughs> remember how I told you that I start my day reading internet articles? Do you remember when I said that at the beginning? I want you to know I said I started my work day reading internet articles. You want to know how I start my day? See, I started in God's word. I, I, I love the Zig Ziglar quote because I do the same. I love to know what both sides are up to, but here's what I've committed myself to every single morning as a follower of Jesus. I already picked my side. I want to know what both sides are up to, but I already picked sides. And what that means is sometimes the side that I picked, I don't even agree with it because I didn't write the Bible. And I guarantee you that the newspaper article writer doesn't agree with it. 
But I woke up and I said, I already picked sides. I'm on the side of my creator, God. And I won't even know what side he's on if I don't allow his word to be the input. And not just to read it or some of you hear it and that's fine, but then to do what it says. We've got to put it into action. So number one, you want to weigh out a worry. You've got to get the input of God's side. Some of you aren't reading both sides. You're just reading the side that shows up on the internet or shows up on the cable news. And you didn't even know what God's side says. Never mind committing to actually do it, even if you disagree. And I find myself there quite a bit. But I want you to see what Romans 12.2 says. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I don't, I'm not shocked if you don't believe in God's word and you don't want to do what it says if you've never renewed your mind, if you've never allowed it to transform you. And you have the option. You don't have to. You can keep rocking. You can keep worrying. But the Bible says, when I wake up and read it, that if I'll read it and I'll commit to it, it can transform me. It can actually change me. It can renew me. And if the me that needs to be renewed is someone who's in a rocking chair of worry, I'm all for it. I'm getting nowhere. I'm ready to go somewhere. In fact, I want to go to somewhere that God has for me in this little blip of life that I get to experience. This little vapor, I don't want to be wasting it. But I'll never find it if I don't know his word. In Psalms 119.105, it says, God's word, it's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. If you wake up and your input is TikTok, guess what? That is a light unto your feet. It's a light in your path. It's a lamp unto your feet. That's what it is. It's TikTok. It's CNN. It's Fox. It's Instagram. It's the internet. I'm not even saying they're bad, good. Sometimes they're not good. <laughs> but not everything. You, it's not all bad. It's not like technology is bad. Again, it's not like the physical, it's not like food and water and drink are bad. It's not that. It's just that's your only input. Think about it. If that's what's coming in and only that, what do you think's happening to your mind? I read you my articles. That was literally just the headlines as I swiped. I could have gone into even deeper dirt. And that's the start. And if that's the only input, I know your mind's getting renewed. It's just not by God's word. You see, Jesus says there's a way out. And the way is when we obey. You have to read it. You have to hear it. You have to allow it to be the main input of your life. And then you got to do what it says, like James says. You've got to live it out. That's a way out of worry. If you're worried today and you haven't been doing that, I promise you that's number one. Here's number two. You'll find a way when you pray. You'll find a way when you pray. We just finished a night of prayer and worship. And if you've never been to one, hundreds of people come to them and it's so great. But if you've never been to one, you got to try one out. But guess what? We got together and we didn't come to worry. We came to worship. We came to pray. We didn't come to sit in a rocking chair together and say, woe is me. We came to actually bring these to God. In fact, when I was up on this stage at that prayer and worship night, I shared the verse that I'm going to now share with you. Here's what the Bible says in Philippians 4, 6 to 7. Do not be anxious about anything. Just like Jesus said, don't worry. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, not anxiety, with joy, not worry, present your request to God because he's real and he's behind it all. And he's the meaning behind the word really life, all the facets, not just the physical. 
Verse 7, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Every now and then on our Sabbath, which is our Saturday mornings with my family, we'll read a scripture verse. And I read this one to my kids. And I told them about the peace of God that's going to transcend all understanding. And I got little kids. And so the kids were like, what does transcend mean? And I'm like, oh, shoot. I wasn't prepared for my Bible teaching this morning. But I felt like God, and maybe this is wrong, or I don't know, but I felt like God gave me this picture. And so I said, well, I was like, you know, like rock, paper, scissors? I was like, well, if your, your worry is rock, then God's peace is paper. And so at that point, when my kids, they were like, well, dad, because they're thinking of rock, paper, scissors. And they're thinking like, well, dad, if God's peace is paper, what if my worry is scissors? Because scissors beats paper. That's a great question. I was like, well, hey, if, if, God, if your worry is scissors, then this is what's so cool about God's peace, is God's peace becomes rock. Amen. And it beats scissors. And then, of course, I had to go through all of them. <laughs> I was like, just don't worry. God's peace is going like that. Like, and then I thought about my friend that I used to play when I was little, rock, paper, scissors. And he would show up. And, and he, I hated this kid. And he would show up. We'd rock, paper, scissors, shoot. And he'd be like this. I'm like, dude, what's that? He goes, that's bomb. <laughs> and he goes, bomb blows everything up. I was like, what? That's not fair. I hated that kid, but I'll tell you this. Whatever your worry is, God's peace is bomb. It, 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 it transcends. It's bigger than. It will take care of it. Supernatural, yes. Will it go away, that thing? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. It's not about removing it. It's about providing a supernatural peace, the kind that you can't explain. Because if I explained it to you, I could tell you all the reasons why I should be worried, why I should be anxious, why this should be crushing me, yet somehow it's not. That, that's the supernatural power of God. That's what the presence of God can bring. That's what the writer of Philippians, Paul, as he's in prison, is trying to tell you and me, if we have ears to hear, that I'm in prison, I'm in chains, and yet God's peace is here. Because all I've been doing is praying and petitioning him and asking him for help. That is not rocking in a rocking chair of worry. That's a game changer for the follower of Jesus. If you need a way out of worry, one way is to pray. And here's the final one, number three. You'll find a way when you play. You'll find a way when you play. I wanted all my points to rhyme. It's true. I did. <laughs> but most of us know the song, Put Me In Coach, I'm Ready To Play Today, right? You know that song. But guess what too many Christians are doing? We're not singing the song. Too many of us are over here. And we're just sitting in this chair. <laughs> oh my gosh. We call ourselves followers of Jesus, yet we're here. We might even be watching pastors on the internet. We might be even showing up to a great church like a New Day church. But we haven't told God we want to play. We haven't said the words that are in the scriptures, here I am, Lord, send me. And here at New Day, we talk a lot about time, talent, and treasure. And you give that to your local church. You give your time, your talent, your treasure. And I love that, and it's true. But that's like Christianity 101. The word ministry means to serve. This is what's so beautiful about the word life. You think life is just being a pastor like me and getting to preach a sermon? Oh, come on, please tell me that's not the fullness of life. I love my calling. I love what I've been asked to do. And I feel like God has gifted me to do it. 
but he's gifted you too. And it's maybe not to do my job, but it's absolutely to do ministry. And it's absolutely to serve in every facet of your life. If you've come in here today and you've been so focused on the physical, the material, you've lost sight that God has so much bigger, so many more dimensions to the word life, and he wants to use you, yes, you, if you'll be willing to pour out your life. And stop focusing on your paycheck and working for the weekend and asking yourself, God, why did you wake me up again today? Why do I have breath in my lungs again today? I know you value me more than the birds. I know I'm more valuable than the lilies. But what really do you have? How am I really going to pour out my life to you today? What's my calling? Those are the questions of someone that's getting up out of a rocking chair. Those are the questions of somebody who wants a way out, a way to somewhere. God, I'm ready. I'm praying. I'm seeking your word. Open up a door today. Even if it's with the barista, I'm ready. I want to serve you. I want to pour out my life to you. I want to seek your kingdom first and your righteousness. And I'm going to have faith that all these other things will be added. I'm going to leave the worry and the anxiety at your feet, God. You can pick it up if you want to, God. I'm not. I'm just pouring my life out to you. I'm sure there's more ways out of worry. But I believe there's a way if we obey. There's a way when we pray. And there's a way when we play. That last part, seek God's kingdom first and his righteousness. I'll end with that because it really sums up all of the message and all the passage nicely today. We're so worried because you came in here and you thought it was all up to you. You thought it was up to you. You've got to figure out a way. You've got to figure out a way to pay those bills. You've got to figure out a way to take care of those kids. You've got to figure out a way to deal with your spouse. You've got to figure out a way to keep your health up. You've got to figure out a way to, to not be so upset when someone mentions politics. You've got to figure out all these things. And you thought it was up to you. But Jesus says, seek my kingdom first. You can't handle the burden. It's way too big for a human. That's intended for God. So seek my kingdom first. And guess what? Your righteousness isn't good enough either. You can't earn all those things in the physical you're worried about, so you definitely can't earn salvation on your own. But yet we think we can, and God's here to say, it's because you don't believe in me, but I've made a way. And if you seek my righteousness, it means you seek my son, Jesus. The one who is so gracious to teach us this powerful message that can free us, that can give us peace if we so choose, if we will allow him. And God says, I've provided him in your place for your sins. You never could earn me but you don't have to. I want you. I strategically put you here in this little life that's a vapor. You think I did it on accident? Do you think I did what I did to the lilies on accident? It's for a purpose, and all I want is you, and all you have to do is receive it. All I want for you is for you to accept my son. He's the sacrifice for you. I've made a way for you. You can't make that way, but Jesus has. And if you place your faith in him once and for all, you will be saved. You believe he died on a cross for your sins. You believe he rose from the dead. And not only will God make a way for your salvation, he'll prepare that room for you in heaven that the Bible says. But it's so much more. He's going to give you a ministry here, a way to serve and pour out your life to him and watch those anxieties and worries fade away. If you need that today, whether you need Jesus for the very first time or you needed to get up out of the rocking chair of worry, like so many of us have to, 
I want to pray for you. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. It's so powerful. If we'll study it, if we'll allow you to minister to our hearts with it, if we'll come to the table saying, God, I'm already picking my side, I'm with you, even if I disagree. God, you can do something so great. So I pray that you would do that with your word, that it wouldn't return void, and that for my brothers and sisters that walked in here with worry, those followers of you, God, I pray that something in the way out that they'll see and that they'll choose and that they'll take that path. God, if they've been rocking in a rocking chair of worry, it's getting them nowhere. God, I pray today that they would commit to you, your way out. Help them to seek you first, God. Help them to take their faith away from themselves and to put it with you. Help them to see life as so much bigger than one dimension. And God, I pray that you would do what your word says, that you will release that anxiety, that your peace will transcend all of those things, God. Bring that kind of peace to the people of New Day, I pray, God, that are your followers. And for the people that weren't your followers yet, I pray today, God, that they would be now. In this moment, Jesus, let someone choose you. Someone here, God, or online knows right now in this moment that they've been trying to make a way on their own. They've thought that they were the source of life. They thought their body was the source of life. They've been one-dimensional, but God, somehow today your spirit made them aware that life is so much more. God, I pray you would deal with their spirit right now. Let them accept your son, Jesus. Let them place their faith in him. I know right now in that moment, God, as they do it, there's a room being prepared, perfect for them. But God, it's so much better even than that. As wonderful and glorious as the hope of that is, their life starts now. Their real life starts now. The life that they now get to live in ministry unto their heavenly father to the King. God, it's in his name, King Jesus, that we pray all these things and we ask them. Amen. Thanks for experiencing this message with us. If you've been blessed by what you heard, you can give a one-time or reoccurring gift at newdaychurch.cc forward slash giving or text any amount on your smartphone right now to 84321. We would love to connect with you even more. So be sure to like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. And don't forget to find us on the Church Center app for more information about all things New Day. May God bless you, and we hope to see you again soon.